it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV, where the deputy's SUV investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking into the Senate computers, nothing can be heard. could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation. Welcome to the Information Operation, where we go in depth into the war the deep state is waging against the American public. Uh, this has become all too real in recent days. Today we have uh, one of our favorite guests, uh, George Eliason, who's our intrepid reporter reporting direct from Ukraine. So if the connection goes bad, we'll uh, reboot and uh, keep going. Welcome, George. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Tom. So uh, we were talking before this and, uh, you know, you've been reporting on this for a long time, but I wrote an article in 2016 during uh, prior to the election uh, when Paul Manafort was the campaign manager for Trump and uh, discussed the Black Ledger, which came out in 2016. And I actually had recently just met with Artem Sitnik, who was the head of the uh, Ukrainian National Anti-Corruption Bureau, uh, which we found out later is really just a way of uh, whitewashing a lot of the corruption that was happening in Ukraine with Joe Biden and others. Uh, but at the time, uh, you know, I suspected that this ledger may be false. I called their campaign manager or their uh, press agent at NABU, and she told me that um, it, it just came from the Internet and was made up. I don't think she probably was supposed to say that at the time, but that's what she told me. So that's why I wrote that article in 2016 for The Washington Times saying that this was probably false. Uh, but you've been on the ground living this uh, what are your thoughts on that, and then how did this evolve into what we're seeing today? Actual information operation in Ukraine. Um, 2016, they switched gears right back into the States. Everything was to get Hillary Clinton elected and get her out of trouble with the with the email scandal. Now, the Black Ledger, in one of your articles, um, it was last summer, when Durkak uh, came forward with the tape, um, the Biden-Poroshenko tape. Uh, Poroshenko was bragging about how they published it. And Biden was okay with it. Biden was involved in trying to change the election of Donald Trump in 2016. Now, everything from here, to, from there to here, it was all geared up um, 
from the election onward to tank his presidency. It started with Chalupa switching gears from uh, Digital Maidan, turning the same uh, groups into treasonous Trump and just turning into a, you know, a social media hellfire and getting various media involved on it. Now, the way they went about it, um, the, the first strike, I guess, was the women's parade at, around the inauguration of Trump. The women's they march. Actually, yeah. Um, there was a, a group online that, that when they formed the march, uh, you know, they thought of the, you know, obviously Clinton supporters. Let's have a women's march. Well, right away, um, Andrea Chalupa, uh, Alexander Chalupa's sister got involved. And they started pushing the, the Russia, Russia, Russia deal. Okay. Everything that Alexander Chalupa had to say about Donald Trump was what they focused on. And they grew the group. Uh, it went from maybe 2,000 people to, you know, a couple million people within a week or two. And just for our audience, this was social media trolls basically propagating the Russia-Russia narrative um, in the United States against Trump. Oh, well, they were actually Ukrainian volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2015, they started the information, uh, the Ukrainian information ministry of policy, okay? On day one, they started an internet troll army that day one was 40,000 people, people, volunteers from all over the world. A lot of them came from the U.S. Now, the the, the focus was always on the U.S. It was to disrupt journalists um, and, well, we'll start with the journalists, um, political people. Anyone that, that had anything to say against Hillary Clinton or spoke anything even neutral about Russia, they just jumped on them. At first, it was very, very crude, but you know, you saw yourself how it developed. Now, they had trainers working with these people. They had, um, it, it was just really, really organized in terms of information operations, strategic communicators. Um, you had people just going through networks, finding out who was an influencer, trying to disrupt everything. Uh, you know, you, you have an article coming in, you see that it's going to go viral. It's against what you you want your the audiences to see about the subject, which is either Russia or Clinton. And so they'd go in and then they'd start trying to take down profiles, the platform people. Um, the, the guy that put together the proper not list, Andrew Ruizberg, that's actually what he does. He goes through networks, he finds the point where, okay, you know, this is only going to go to 5,000 people to which it's this one point. You know, it, it goes through El Woods account, now all of a sudden it reaches 50,000 people. So we don't have to stop the journalists, we just need to get rid of El Wood. Yeah. And that, that just, you know, it stops the magic. So at first the effort on that part, on that end was crude. Um, in terms of, we'll go back to the uh, women's march, it was actually the opposite. Now what they were able to do right away is they figured out what networks, the activists were watching, they figured out which 
um, internet they belonged to, and they started hooking them together. So they started bridging the networks and sharing information. So at the Women's March, you had people marching for ecology. All right, and if you look at the actual numbers for the march itself, 56% were there to um, because they hated Donald Trump because of the Russia scandal. 35% were there to support women's rights. 15% were there to support equal pay. Well, what are we talking about? Is this women's rights or not? It, it had nothing to do with it. And that's why it was taken over so badly. But it was also why they were able to organize so many different groups because they were passing the same message between, you know, um, the tree huggers, people that supported um, Clinton, people that were trying to push the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative, people that were trying to push the anti-Trump narrative, people that were trying to push the Muslim ban narrative, okay? They lined them all up as one group. Uh, if you look at it on the graph, you can have 50,000 different nodes on it. That's 50,000 different people in different networks. Now, you can, if you can reach all the different networks, go across network and share one message and get everybody to unite behind one message. Now you've got right out of the gate a really, really massive uh, protest, which is what they did. Had nothing to do with what they publicized. But everybody had, you know, they gave them the message they wanted, and then they gave them the overall uh, message right. they wanted to march. Coming forward to, to, to today, now at this time, they were also organizing the boots on the ground. Now at the Women's March and the inauguration of Donald Trump, you remember seeing Antifa there? But it was a small group. They were trying to be really violent, and they got, you know, the they broke a limo of a guy in it. Okay. They broke some windows, stuff like that. Exactly, but it wasn't organized yet. They weren't part of the group yet. Yeah. Now, from there to here, they were able to actually bring them in and get the whole thing organized, Antifa, BLM, and even the, what we're calling the white nationalists, because that's what they are, okay? They're on board too. Those people want Joe Biden. And, you know, their reasons are obviously different, but they want him in because they want to wreck the country. They want the country turning to people like them, okay, because it's a big crisis. So for all these groups together, it's one way. Um, this was actually written about the actual cookbook to make this happen. It was written in the 1990s. And we're going to be writing about that. I'll be, you know, posting articles about that. Uh, it's called, the concept's called Network. And the whole thing, it, from beginning to end, they actually laid out what you needed to do to make all this happen. And as far as actors on the ground, they said it would be Antifa. Black law. Okay. It wasn't a prediction. It was because it was happening and they could be recruited for that. They, they don't care who they're actually fighting for or what they're doing as long as they get to go out and break things. Okay. Yeah. They want to make people suffer. 
Um, the big, I guess, question mark was what happens if this goes commercial? What happens if this gets into the hands of companies and they start doing it? Because they were expecting social groups to do this in a, a really crude way, okay, and refine it over time. But the people that started SCL Cambridge Analytica, uh, they must have, they built the companies based on the book. Uh, there can't be any other explanation for it because they follow it. Everything they do follows how the book reads, how it's set out. You've got to start at point A, you've got to get to point B. You've got to be able to bridge networks. It can't be this kind of network or that kind of network. And it has to be cross networks, okay, social networks. So you're reaching more people. And you have to be able to dig down into the networks. You have to understand the psychology of the people that you're trying to, trying to motivate. What do they fear? What makes them happy? What are their hopes? What are they afraid of? With um, when Trump came in, they used the, the entire um, DNC hack and the email thing to make Democrats afraid of Trump and to get the one group that the Democrats didn't have in mind in mind. That was the progressives. Mm-hmm. Progressives were fighting against Hillary Clinton. Okay, they didn't like her. They didn't like. They didn't buy into the whole Russia, Russia thing. And in November 2016, when Bob came around, and that was the first we heard of fake news. Well, if you look at the original fake news list, um, that was all the in-party people they wanted to beat up. There were 200 sites on there. None of them were conservative. And every one of them started getting notices they were going to be taken down. So they started getting deplatformed. They got beat back into shape. And those same people that were fighting against this within their party at the time are the biggest supporters of it now. And I tried to have a talk with a progressive leader um, a few weeks ago. And it's just, you cannot convince them to look at any fact. You cannot convince them to look at any anything. Yeah. It, it's worse than talking to a liberal Democrat. I mean, they're, they went from skeptic and against to totally committed. Now, yeah. these same people, are, they want to put um, Trump supporter children in re-education camps. Yeah. And that's coming out of the progressive end of the party. All right, so it's it's right out of the uh, 1935, you know, pre-Nazi oh, Germany. Yeah. Well, if that's the um, if you look at the base of the politics, that's where it's been coming from. Um, the Democrats have always had a love affair with that, anyway. And you know, the the question has always been since the 30s or 40s, what would Nazism look like without Hitler? Yeah. And believe it or not, a lot of people look at that as a good thing. And there are Republicans today. And you look at someone like Mitch McConnell jumping on, like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. All right. Um, 
the politics right now in Washington are the spinning image of what's going on in Ukraine. That's what it looks like. That's normal. Yeah. And going forward, you really can't expect much better. In terms no. of... I was going to say, uh, Biden is uh, going to appoint Victoria Newland to a, a, mm-hmm. a serious position. Uh, she was involved in orchestrating all of this back in 2014 yeah. in Ukraine, right? Yeah. Well, she's, you know, it, it gets, you know, kind of awkward bringing up people's background, but she's uh, Ukrainian-American. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents fought in World War II. It's just that they fought against us. Okay, and you look at in there, the Ukrainian American community at the time during World War II were sending money to the Nazis, and they were making, literally making battle plans, helping them out. That was the um, Ukrainian battalions. Okay. So it gets, these things get swept under the rug, and it did so because of the Cold War. Uh, everybody that did anything except for Germany got a, you know, they got a free, free ride out of it. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, not exactly the best thing to do. Um, right away, they started interfering in American politics. And you can see, actually see a progression um, from the 50s all the way through until today that it um, the influence grew and it waned um, depending on I guess how America was doing if America is in crisis they do very well so it, it makes sense for them to create more of a crisis because they get more power they get more influence and they um, get in more positions. Uh, if you look at Alex Hinman, now here's a guy who's supposed to be the, the top Ukrainian in Washington. Okay, He's in the White House, and you ask him some very basic questions about it, and he doesn't know the first thing about it. He knows yeah. the story that he needs to tell, and that's it. Where this yeah. is going now, it's just going to be Lockdown after lockdown. Um, you're looking at media. We're already seeing rights. I mean, think about it. You served, okay? What if someone asked you to, to take another oath? What would you say? Like they're doing to the National Guard over there. You, you took an oath to serve the Constitution, protect right. the Constitution, serve the country. That's not good enough. What would you say? Yeah. No, definitely, there's definitely a purge going on in the U.S. military, for sure. But talk a little bit about the people uh, involved in the Capitol that you think, um, in your last article. Well, what we looked at, um, now, first we, we saw a guy named Sergei um, Dubinin, okay, at the Capitol Hill with Buffalo Board, whatever his name is, okay? Mm-hmm. So they started trying to uh, push him as a Russian interfering in a Russian attack in the capital. But it just wasn't the case. It's Ukrainian. Now, yeah. a little bit of digging, I found out that he has a warrant out of, on him in Donbass for terrorism. He's been given medal by uh, Poroshenko 
okay, for the service that he rendered. Now, all of a sudden, why is this guy at the Capitol right now? He doesn't speak English. He's not alone. There's just no way he's alone. He couldn't function there. Yeah. So who's he with? Now, when I started looking into it, um, a video popped up, and it was a guy named um, Maxim Yarosh. Now, Maxim Yarosh is in, was an Azov battalion. Um, he was in, sent into Donbass as an agitator, terrorist, okay, and again, a lot of medals from um, Poroshenko. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a picture in the article of him with Jeffrey Pyatt. All right. Now, all of a sudden, he pops up on a plane with Peter Poroshenko. Now, that's kind of odd. Starts arguing with him. So I started doing a little back-checking on him. And, mm-hmm. um, and I looked at his social media books. Now, here's a really interesting guy. Okay. He's posting that he's on a religious retreat mm-hmm. in Ecuador. Okay. If you look at his social media, every post is pictures or videos of, of him um, pepper spraying women, random women on the street, finding prostitutes and stealing their money, robbing them, grabbing people on the subway because they said something wrong. Okay, or they just they look like they they're not Ukrainian enough. And he robs them. They beat him up on the he beats people up on the subway. This is just the mentality of the guy. So he's on this plane with Peter Poroshenko. He's coming out of Ecuador, supposedly from the former Ukrainian president who came after Trump, just so our audience knows. Okay. Now when you look at the plane, now this is a billionaire who Flew halfway across the world. He rented a yacht. Sails the Galapagos Islands for two or three weeks. Okay, supposed to be with his family, and he looks like he's sitting in economy class seating. Yeah, not going to happen. Neither him. Right, exactly. And if you look at the picture in the article, I mean, I was actually—it looks like a scene where you'd actually expect to see a chicken fly over the shoulder. Okay, or something like that, you know? Yeah. But him and his wife are the only people on the plane that don't have masks on. They want to be identified. His wife is sitting down. She walks up to him, kneels down. So he's not even seated with his wife in this really pitiful um, seating arrangement. And this guy's worth billions. Yeah. Now, how, how does this happen? Does it happen in real life? It, it just doesn't happen in So you think that was an alibi for your your uh, Mr. Yarosh? That was definitely an alibi for Yarosh. Yarosh is the profile you want to look for um, at something like what happened at DC. And I actually think there was one video I saw him. People were, um, you saw the staging set up there, the pipe staging, right? Yeah, the yeah, stands. yeah. Well, behind the the stands, there were boxes that had extra pipe in them. And in one of the videos, there was a guy handing out the pipe as clubs. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that was him, but I haven't had to find the video again. Yeah. Now, if there's one or two, there's going to be a lot more guys. 
And from 2016 onward until 2020, they were that these people were coming off the battlefields and they were coming over to the US for asylum. Now think about that for a second. Ukraine, all that time period, um, the US was given more people asylum from Ukraine than anywhere else. And the only people leaving Ukraine were the people that were volunteer battalions fighting in Donbass that were part of groups like Azov and Fabi Sector. These are the metal guys that they're rewarding. Okay. Um, Obama set it up so these people could come over here preparing for Trump's presidency. So they could cause violence. Now, they started um, during that time period, most of them settled in Seattle area, around Puget Sound. Okay, well, where's Antifa over there? Yeah. All right, not far from there. So, you know, if, if you consider that too, it really, okay, one plus one equals two. It's not a very, very difficult equation. Um, for these people to be allowed to come here, okay, especially given the, the things that they do here, is it's um, crazy. Yeah. Think, I mean, really think about it, because it's not just the President uh, Obama doing this. It's all over the State Department. Um, you have the CIA. You have, you know, every agency, okay, involved in somebody going from here to there, especially bad guys. Another example of that was um, when Trump made the, the Muslim ban, right? Well, who was coming over? They, those were the guys that were coming off the battlefields in Syria through Turkey, all right? Well, who were they? Um, the fifth group sergeant, uh, Green Berets, that trained them, said they were ISIS. That's good enough for me. Yeah. He said he was there and the CIA was there, and they were training different groups. And he said, screw it. They weren't going to train them right. Because they knew one way or the other, they were going to be back and have to fight these guys. Well, um, John Brennan ended up making sure that they came over. Yeah. Just so our audience knows. I said, you've written about that extensively. So our audience. That's the crazy part. Because... What's Biden's first order of business? He's going to change, he's going to um, do immigration reform and make sure all these people keep coming over. Yeah. So what they're doing, uh, you're, you're building a militant base. Um, yeah. That's what they do in Ukraine. Each political party has their own armies and they slug it out on the street, okay? That's the way it started anyway. That's what probably sector was. Okay, so where are the Democrats going with this? You know, we started, um, we did a lot of articles about the election um, service companies, all right, Dominion and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, we have that issue going on right now, but the way Biden's, the way Biden's turning, he's going to take the wall down 
let, let all these, you know, the Guatemalans and whoever's coming up yeah. um, in the big caravan come through, legalize everybody that's here, the Democrats automatically have another 20 million people. And on top of that, he's already promised another 20 million visas from India yeah. and China. And the Democrats aren't actually going to have to use a service like Dominion again and take advantage of that. And that's actually a very scary thing. Sure, sure. Well, George, that's uh, that's a good 30 minutes. I think we'll leave it there and uh, have you back and just do a series on this as this progresses. We need to expand... You know, I brought up the network thing. I really didn't want to get it into get into it too much until we write about it. Yeah. Um, it literally is that cookbook behind all of us. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. The fact that it's out there and anybody, you know, once you know where it is, you can use it. You know, I've really been... Um, concerned about it you know getting yeah. making it public we'll say a lot more public than it is because of the damage it's done already yeah but you know if you don't have a problem with it it's probably going to end up causing Biden a lot more issues when you know our guys here oh we can yeah. do this yeah yeah you know it's kind of what i'm that that too is kind of a concern of mine because um, it really, once you understand it, you could get together with a group of probably 30 people and you'd be amazed at how much you could change the world. Well, we've seen it for sure. Look forward to having you back soon on this vehicle and, and we'll uh, try to get this all out to the American people and to the world. All right, beautiful. All right, man. We'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.